today in this. Yeah, it's two people, two groups trying to survive, right? With with these cool shorts, and it reminds me, it's um, what Ray? You say shorts? Like what? What do you mean shorts? Oh, you mean swords or shorts? Shorts. Oh, I thought you said shorts. That's what threw me off. Like like shorts, no. like pants. Oh, swords. Okay. It's okay. It's all good, man. Yeah. So, you know, groups trying to survive. You know? Yeah. So you want to go back and see what are these guys going to do now? You know, like it's two two groups of people wanting to survive. I know I've said that twice, but you're, I was like, yeah, something's going to happen. This is interesting. That's what I was thinking. All right. Oh, again, this is uh, this is when uh, this was Lambert's first like major action role when he's leading a leading star in, in American audiences. So this is how you and I were first introduced to this guy. And of course, he plays Raiden in Mortal Kombat. Um, uh, overall, I enjoyed this film. I, I mentioned at the top. This is this is a canon film, and if you were able to watch the documentary uh, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, the wild adventures of like Canon Pictures, uh, these cousins who formed this company. Uh, they did like everything from He-Man to uh, American Ninja to uh, uh, Invasion USA with Chuck Norris to like a bunch of stuff, right? Uh, they really did crazy stuff in terms of the film industry, and a lot of people got successful from it. And some people, some many, got burned and it never worked again. Like it was one of those crazy times. So when I saw Canon Pictures was the one that backed this, I'm like, oh. I don't remember who was the who was the production company. Sorry, who was the production company for this? And then, as I watched the movie, now twenty first century eyes and understanding how everything is, there's a lot of like logistical things that are that's wrong with this movie. Like just on a surface level, like like just basic common sense. But because I think we love the film or wanted to love this film, we kind of connected the dots ourselves as we're watching it and let things go. Um, so I don't want to get into that too much. I, I, I like this, like in terms of the fight sequences, it's just some like the guy was flipping backwards doing somersaults flips in the parking garage while fighting Christopher Lambert. And like, whereas, yeah, it's like, it's just things you don't normally would see in a fight sequence. You see that. I like the, um, the sword means I thought that that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Ray, I got to go for now. All right. I'll see you around. So, yeah. Certain things pop, pop up in my, in my head. Uh, I have a great time watching this, um, but yeah, it's convenient for the girl to have all these sort of like interests and expertise just to be in line to figure them out. People of the era who grew up watching this, this has no real significant value to those of uh, the millennials. Uh, this particular generation, uh, it would, a lot of it would escape them. There's a lot of things in it that's just way too old, like a rotary phone, um, some of the tech, some of the technology that you use because they don't use it anymore. You know, it's just, um, and they're, you know, it's like looking at Blade Runner and using like a pet computer, like basically a black screen with green uh, fonts, characters typing it in there's no graphics um you know or like zooming in on a picture or you know enhancing a photo you know some of that technology that, te that technology that doesn't exist that you would zoom in the magnif magnification of a photo in um blade runner 
it'd be, it, you can't, the resolution would be worse. And that was one of the funny things about that, that I wish, you know, in retrospect, I wish the technology was like that. The technology is not, isn't that way now. You know, uh, digitally speaking, I mean, you could zoom onto a photo and the, digitally the quality should be good, but it's based on the quality of the lens and the lighting. So, again, the more you zoom in on something, because now you can zoom in like 400 times the, um, the, the focal range distance. And um, I'm digressing so much here. I don't know because when we watched this at the time, it's amazing. The music of Queen, the way that you're able to like curate that into the making of this movie, like it really becomes not only just the soundtrack, but it's also the scoring of this movie. Freddie Mercury's music or Queen's music, whether as being the score or, or the soundtrack, uh, it really filters into this movie and has done so well. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say with that, uh, Evie had to leave right now, but uh, I, I know he liked it. Uh, and we were all both me, him and I, we have fond memories of it from our childhood. I only wish it would live up to the hype as, as it did now. But um, for those who are nostalgic to those who watched it or those who wanted to watch it, uh, it's, a, it's a time, the classical time of a, of a period that's long gone. And I would have loved it to hold held up. Um, the, even the swords when you were fighting and swords would hit stones and they would, they would blow up the walls like of this Scottish high tower. Unless the quickening is supercharging both the person who wields the sword and the sword itself, then it makes some sense. The rules are not defined. Like to have this much, like even when you examine the sword, there's no electrical current coming through the sword. There's no, and also too, in terms of the physics of, of metal and, and energy, um, it's not explosive. I mean, electricity, you know, it's it'd be grounded if they hit. Like it doesn't. Like a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense if, in terms of the physics of what you're seeing, doesn't really apply here. I. I'm not going to give this movie a rating because it's not fair to it. Uh, I will say again, this film is is okay for those who grew up in the air watching this. Uh, it is a time that's come and gone uh, for nostalgia purposes. It's reminiscent to something you haven't seen in a long time, uh, which I did. And I, I because of that, I'm grateful for watching it. But I'm also not grateful for watching it because it doesn't really hold up today. Uh, there's a lot of gaps in logic, a lot of problems with this making of this film. Um, and just seeing its flaws in pure daylight, uh, if you want to put articulate in that sense, um, outweigh the the good nature. I mean, this film would not do well today. It it would be a Razzie. Uh, it would lose a lot of its luster and its uh, uh, decor. And I think I think because when Quickening came out, almost like the next decade, it was ridiculed because the audience had mature. And, and I think uh, what they got away with by sneaking it through um, the audience and, you know, the, the era that it was in, uh, we, we just became more sophisticated and more self-aware. I mean, by 1991, 92, I mean, we had Terminator 2, you know, and this, and the quickening came out in, I think, 96. So in terms of like sophistication and technology and special effects and what, um, what our level, like what we created, Chris, what we created the bar because again, 90s action movie had a bar, and this is an 80s movie, and the bar is a little lower, obviously. And but at the time of its era, 
I think Highlander was our marquee film. Like it had a cult following. It, it maintains that following, um, and it's and it has a place in cinematic history. Uh, but now it has it has faltered. It's not the same. But it but it has a, a nostalgic spot in my heart from my childhood, and I'm grateful for that. And I think it, for that, it does exist in the annals or the pantheon of films, but not in a very high esteem. So with that, I'm your host Ray. We'll talk to you later.